so you, you've already been in a car accident this morning. Yep. Were, were you driving? I was, yeah, yeah. Were you hit or did you hit the other person? I was person? hit. This Tacoma, I'm, I'm in like a little uh, Malibu, mm-hmm. and uh, this Tacoma just poof, just goes past me, hits the Tesla. Luckily, there's a Tesla involved because it gets the full camera footage of it. So yes. Pretty clean cut case, but. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. Austin, as yeah. we say. Keep it weird. Keep yeah. it weird. Yeah, it, it is a little weird. I just, now I'm starting to get it. You know, I'm starting to get it's, the. It's got a little California vibe to it. Yeah. That's which what's is, weird. Yeah. Which is, which is why I think, uh, I mean, you grew up in Northern yeah. California. Yeah. I, I'm from the Bay Area. I think. Yeah, Bay Area. It has a similar vibe to kind of the, the Santa Cruz a little bit. I love but, Santa Cruz. But, um, yeah, like where's the beach? Yeah. <laughs> so the one thing, like, you can't beat the sense of independence or freedom within Texas. No uh, no state tax. Yeah. Um, right. I don't even think California is this way, but for vets that are 100% uh, service disabled, total and permanent. Yeah. Zero property tax. Wow. So the benefits so you double, yeah, double whammy. The, the the benefits are, are freaking yeah. awesome. Makes um, sense then. Yeah. But there's no mountains and there's no beach yeah. like California. Yeah. You bring up yeah. Santa Cruz, man. We used to get every Friday we used to go because we went to high school in San Jose. We'd drive up on seventeen through Death Valley to the beach <clears throat> and we would surf and drink. Yeah, some good surfing out there. Oh dude. Yeah. Do you, did you grow up uh, skiing or anything? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Snowboarding. Snowboarding. Snowboarding, yeah. In uh, Tahoe? Tahoe, yeah, Truckee area, you know. Did you have a pass to uh, Squaw? Or uh, mostly went to Boreal and Sugar Boreal. Bowl, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. yeah. You know what you know it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Once you get a pass one but, place, uh, does Tahoe, do they have a, like a pass you can pay for that works oh, for yeah, multiple? Yeah, yeah, they oh, do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And North Star, and you get all the, that's I, the best way to do it if you're going up a lot, you know. Yeah, I don't. Definitely. I don't remember if that was around when I was. Uh, North Star. Uh, it, it was still there. Well, oh, just the a bundle? pass that worked. At, yeah, yeah, bundle. Yeah. I know we had it in Colorado. I went to Boulder for uh, a very short period. Yeah. And there was a gold pass that worked oh. at multiple places, and I, I skied yeah. myself right out of. Uh, yeah, I didn't but. do much skiing. I, well, I probably would ski now more. I think that would be a little, a little bit less. Um, yeah, because you get you know when you're snowboarding, you know, yeah. it's it's you're, you're more. Prone to get injured, I feel like when you're on snowboarding. I th- yeah, on well, snowboarding. the way you, it depends, I guess, how you how you snowboard, you know. But yeah, I think it's just a little more, you know, leisure. You could get be a little more, you know, just you know, because when you're on your side, you got to be like. But I'd like to just kind of zone out a little more too with the skiing. I think would be fun. Before we get into dreams, so you grew up in California. What's yeah. sort of your path? How did you get into this this industry I've called al- film? Yeah, I've always been um, in like acting theater when I was young so like five years old I was and my dad's been a musician you know opened up for a lot of bands and was you know very like talented has a couple albums but um yeah it was uh it was kind of uh right before high school my dad and my brother were working at a reality tv uh, production place um producing like bun- like th- with the guys that made deadliest catch and all these other shows that they're creating like, yeah with a bunch of uh you know extreme you know, chasing uh, Mavericks was one of the the shows that they're working on with the, the surfers that you know surf those hundred foot waves. But um, we started wanting to do our own projects, and so we were in contact with a lot of people in the industry, a lot of producers, and like, hey, you got to make your own short film, maybe show what you can do. You know, and so me and my and brother, how old are you at this time? I'm probably sixteen. You know, and they my say, older do brother your own is film. well, my older brother, he's 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 at, he's the one with the project. You know. And um, so he was, uh, I think maybe like 21, but he was, you know, 
already an expert at doing all the, the color grading, editing for like, you know, this company, you know. And um, so we decided to do a short film that had to do with like the collapse of society, like power going out. And then that ended up being a really like life changing experience working on that. And then we released that screening in, in our local area. And yes. just people just loved it and just like kind of like, you know, really started a fire of like, OK, we can do this. And then and then we, and then, you know, fast forward, we started working on a lot of different other projects, developing with some of these, you know, producers that we have now contact with. One of them actually before COVID was about the fires in Santa Rosa mm -hmm. just wiped out 100,000 homeless overnight, right? And that was uh, that was before Paradise, and then Paradise happened as well. But the, the idea with that was, you know, we want to make stories that actually are about real people mm -hmm. and real issues and have a purpose and have, like, something that's worth spending a year of your time working on. And so we were getting ready to do that, IMAX, you know, cameras, shooting actual fires mixed in with the reenactment, you know, of this uh, devastating fire that took place. And then COVID took place and, you know, everyone kind of, all, all projects were kind of at that scale, kind of just put on, on the wayside. And it was during like the first year of COVID that, um, it was August 6th, 2020, I had this dream. And I had seen articles on child, you know, rescues and sting operations with the you know u.s marshals on the internet and i was like oh that's kind of crazy like i'd see people post about it but it was never getting like breaking news like you know they rescued 60 kids you know out of atlanta or something like that and i was like oh that's interesting you know why, why wouldn't that be like on the front page you know like why are there kids why is there why is there 60 kids or you know 40 kids that are being rescued like what's going on so i kind of started looking into that and then i realized whoa this is way bigger uh, number wise than COVID, this is like 800,000 kids in America go missing a year. And then it's documented that 30% of those are being um, sold in the sex and labor trade. Say that again. Yeah. How Eight, many? 800,000 is the estimate. That's just what they can uh, account for. And then you have all the kids that they can't account for, right? And then you're coming through the board, border and all the ones that aren't even, you know, because a lot of these kids in these situations don't have someone that's going to go like, hey, my child's missing, you know, um, because that's kind of a, a situation that breeds trafficking to begin with is when the parents don't even care, you know. So um, it's a huge, huge deal. It's a huge problem. That's yearly, right? So this number is not like a one-time hit. This is continuously yeah, taking place. If at, if at, over a five-year period, you're almost at five million kids. You know? Do you, I mean – the very volume of the number yeah. is uh, the word that comes to me is disgusting. Yeah, and also an indicator that we are better than this. Yeah, we are so much better than this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and when people, if people knew this, right, and they knew what to do, then that would be that would be a game changer. You know, if people knew about it, and it wasn't, you know, because it's interesting because when you talk to um, People that work in government, Homeland Security. My brother, uh, his, his his girlfriend, her dad is Homeland Security. Um, we have other, you know, friends that work in these operations also with the guys from Sound of Freedom, the Tim Ballard guy, and and it's no, it's not even a it's not even a question. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's the facts. Those are the statistics, you know. And yet, you know, so many there is a opposition to that getting out, and it's because of greed. You know, I think that there's any any culture any. Uh, you know, system of power is going to have corruption in it. Look at any 
one through history. If if you're going to control, you know, and have that power, it's not going to be through, um, you know, moral means, you know. And so when people realize, oh, okay, yeah, like, that makes sense. Most people understand that concept, and then they also understand there's evil. And so you just put the two and two together. Like, yeah, evil doesn't <laughs> know any bounds, you know. The only triumph uh, of evil is for good men to stand by and do nothing. Yeah. Um, right. I think that's Ralph, Ralph Waldo, uh, Waldo Emerson. Yeah. I asked a, uh, so I went to the, the, the university of Texas MBA program and, and by nature, I think of, of the location or proximity to like Mexico. Uh, we had a lot of, uh, Mexican uh, nationals that were in our class. Um, extremely smart, all highly talented, but I asked, uh, one, I swear to God, there was actually a couple husband and wife. He looked like, uh, uh, who's the guy that played Zorro? Antonio Bender. Yes. And she was uh, equally as pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, hey, why doesn't Mexico, Mexico just crush the uh, drug trade? And they just laughed and they're like, because every politician profits off it. Not yeah. directly, yeah. but indirectly. Right. And they're like, that will never happen. Right. And there's this sense of, well, we're helpless in this situation when we're not. Right. I'm, I'm not advocating, but maybe I, maybe I am. There's one thing I, I, I respect about how other countries maintain accountability mm. with regards to criminals. I mean, for some countries, if you're caught stealing, yeah. you know what they do? Yeah. They'll cut you, kill you, or cut your hand off. Cut your hand yeah. off. When you start to enact accountability like that, Real you're, disin, you're, you're disincentivizing yeah. behaviors yeah. and people behavior. I'll give you an example. These, uh, this looting, mm. this looting, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have come out against it, um, who, you know, have probably taken some, some criticism. And then you got the mayor of Chicago saying, Hey, we can't call a bunch of kids, uh, riding in the streets, uh, looters and, and things like that. Yeah. No, we can. And protesters, and protesters, uh, it takes, one just company of cops to come in and clean house. Yeah. And that means heads would be cracked, yeah. but people will think twice about doing it, doing it again. Right. And I, as it is right now, it's the reverse, right? If you do something, you're going to face the consequence, you know, and that's really how it's set up right now. If you take the matters into your own hands, you know, that's something our film kind of grapples with as well is what is, what do you do? Right? What does that look like when um, the system is is set up t- for this kind of stuff to flourish to where it's really, you know, because in America, it's actually, it's just really hard to uh, make impact with this issue because of all of the legal implications and then restoring kids after is very difficult with, with uh, you know, the child services systems. And it's uh, it's very hard to get, to get a lot of work done, especially in America, whereas in other countries, you know, even kids getting rescued from other countries a lot of them have to stay there and they have to figure out ways to raise them there because getting them put into a place where they're, you know what I mean, in a system here is, and that's also very difficult because um, in those other countries, it really is kind of also cultural sometimes where it's like, you're, it's so hard to create a different environment for that kid. Once they've been rescued out of it, you literally have to have like a whole new ecosystem environment to put them into because because they'll just fall right back into that same same you rescue them and then you you just leave them there they'll be be right back in the same situation and so yeah it's 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 uh 
it's a tough, uh, and then when people don't even realize how bad this is in America, because um, it's easy, you know, the sound of that movie Sound of Freedom came out, mm-hmm. and a lot of people run the risk of just thinking, oh, man, that's so terrible, but, you know, a lot of bad stuff happens in third world countries. And then when you look at the numbers, you look at how bad it is here, and it's just, you know. No, that, it can you know, never happen It can here. never it happen, can happen here. here. Right, yeah. I mean, I just was on the way I was, before I got hit, I, on the way I, when I was driving, I, I just saw Amber Alert, you know. Um, right on the freeway there, you know, in uh, the Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, uh, two year old by a, by a thirty year old woman. Yeah, I remember I was walking yeah. this morning when it, yeah. it went off. Um, this had to be a profound dream. Yeah, I mean, it was was were maybe a little plant based medicine involved in this dream. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it, just sort of detail yeah. this dream for me. I mean, the yeah, fact that so, it would throw you into action. Yeah, well, I just remember waking up from this dream, August 6, twenty twenty, and um. I had this, the dream was essentially I was standing at the gate of this industrial fenced, you know, gated warehouse on this desolate kind of dusty road. And there was train tracks that ran on one side of the road and then the warehouse. And I just looked into these blacked out windows and this looked like a commercial building. And I just felt like there was something more nefarious going on than meets the eye. And I sensed like that there was like a cry of children in there. And then this man pulls up in a vehicle up to this security pad. He's like, oh, what are you doing here? And he starts to kind of question me and starts to you know, say, you know, this is appointment only. You know, we shut the place down. You know, he shouldn't be here. And then as he starts coming towards me to pretty much, in my mind, to kill me, I wake up and I just like, it was in the middle of the night. I just remember, you know, sometimes you have these, these moments where it's like, don't ignore this, you know. And I felt really strongly like I couldn't shake it. And I was like, whoa, I just felt like it was like, it was uh, a real place. And so I actually, crazy enough, I went looking for this particular, because it was so vivid, I went looking for this particular location, driving around the outskirts of my hometown and industrial areas. And I never ended up finding it, but as I was out there driving, I just thought the whole idea for the film kind of downloaded into me. And I just thought, man, that would be an amazing, crazy story. Um, And partially because, you know, I had heard some things like this take place. I had heard a story of a, a couple that had nothing to do with rescue operations, but mm-hmm. they were just driving by a, uh, a freeway in a particular location. They just sensed, I think there's something weird going. They actually went in and just called a suspicious tip, and they ended up rescuing kids out of this location. And so that was kind of implanted in my mind. I was like, okay, maybe this is something that actually you know might lead to something. I could be on the news or something like that. Or, um, but no, really just the story just ended up developing out of that. And then it was a short story, and then... That short story just expanded into a full-length script on its own, really. It was the easiest, you know, because I've written probably 10 scripts, um, Mm -hmm. a bunch of different, uh, you know, actually prior to this, we were working on a couple different projects that we were, you know, stoking in the fire. And when this came through, I just, uh, I felt, man, I got to make this. I got to see this, this one through. And um, I can't focus on anything else until I get this done because it just, everything else started to feel like a movie. And this started to feel like a mission. And I can't just focus on another, you know, script about a, you know, truck driver getting kidnapped by a prisoner and going on a robbery. <laughs> you know, I, I just had to focus on this issue. And then when I dived into it, I saw the numbers. I saw the stories. I saw how bad it was. Um, I was like, man, this. where is the coverage on this? 
I could do something about this. You know, I, I can bring this to light. And in a way that I felt that many people won't want to watch a story about trafficking, which which what they were telling us at the time, even in producing it, and we had, you know, Hollywood traditional financing set up with it. Um, a lot of people were telling us, no one wants to see a movie about that. We got Sound of Freedom sitting on the shelf, you know. This isn't good for marketing. It's not a good look, pretty much, is what everyone thought prior to this other film. So who was the first person you called after the dream? Your brother? Uh, yeah, I texted my brother, I think. I ended up texting him. I was like, I didn't even tell him about a dream. I just said, there's a child trafficking ring. We got to go find it. <laughs> and, um, um, and then, you know, I told some friends, and, and then it kind of, yeah, just kind of started to build. And then other people like, man, this is – so essentially I, what I told people was, I'm going to make a film about uh, a guy that has a dream, and then it leads him and his friends on a night quest to uncover a child trafficking wing in their, in their small town. And they're like, well, that sounds like pretty, you know, pretty cool idea, you know. Kind of like a military operation thing, but it's with vigilante type thing. And, um, and, and then, then, yeah, I just, just got, got some, some really amazing, even as a short, we got some really amazing talent on board to want to do it. And, um, and then from there, it just, it just kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm a person that really flows from the gut and mm -hmm. how I go about things. And I just felt uh, like instead of just making it as a short, I felt that that gut thing, like, no, let's, let's make it. And within a couple of weeks I turned it into a feature. And then I was on, you know, calls with Academy, Academy award-winning actors and um, get building this thing, you know, but the way I had written it wasn't with that at the forefront with trafficking. I'd really written it as more like a thriller and you, mm -hmm. you the mystery. Mm -hmm. You don't really find out what this whole thing is until kind of the end. And so a lot of people, you know, most people in Hollywood don't actually read the, the full script anyways. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, this guy's attached. Okay, well, you know, we'll make it. And um, and especially when they found out, like, what my mission was with wanting to do this, you know, um, people started to kind of shy away from um, – initially there was a lot of interest and there was, you know, financing brought around it. And there was – and then people started having conversations without us on this and like, oh, you know, that's going to be kind of uh, – going to have a hard time with this one. And then mysteriously, everyone kind of just backed away slowly. Um, and it was in very interesting because we did have another actor who was a Golden Globe winning, just recent Golden Globe best actor for a series. And, and he, he's like, man, you got it. This is amazing. You get, this is like you got to move heaven and earth to get this done. Like this is this needs to be told. Like you could sell this right now to like the director of Dune, you know, but of course then they'll have it and you won't have, you know, Creative. I think you need to make it. You got to yeah. figure out a way to make this. And he says, I'll send it to my agency and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let them know how I, and then when that took place, there wasn't, oh yeah, it was the opposite. Like they called us up and it was very much the opposite. It was like pretty much like a reprimand almost. It was, it was weird. It was a very weird situation. Um, so I'm having trouble understanding yeah. this. And, and I heard one of your earlier interviews yeah. that, that I found on, uh, through Google, yeah. um, what is the uncomfortable, hesitant nature around sex trafficking and child trafficking? Yeah. What it's it's as if it's making a lot of people nervous. Yeah, you know, I used to kind of I, I could almost kind of relate with the mo this everyday person because prior to this dream, I was like, man, that's you know, that sucks, but I don't really want to think about that, you know. Um, and then when I had this dream, I felt the the feeling I had in my, you know, in the darkness of the night, I felt, whoa, what was this? What is this? Whoa, what is this like for a kid at night? Like, 
been taken away from your, if you did have a good family, you've been taken away. That nightmare didn't end. You didn't get rescued 30 minutes later. This is now your life is a nightmare every day. Your entire existence is a nightmare. There is no such thing as a good night of sleep. There's no such thing as peace. And I started to feel, whoa, if I was that kid, man, I would just hope and pray someone would have the selflessness to rescue me, to hunt me down. To, and then that was just the, that was the, you know, uh, call that I'd felt. And so without having some sort of, um, it's amazing what people will turn their eyes to until it's one of their own. You know, mm-hmm. and so until it hits you personally, it's it's very like, oh, that's kind of a weird, you know, not weird, but that's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like, it's almost like hearing about, I guess it could be kind of similar to, you know, people's stories when it comes to like war stories, right? Like a lot of people just don't want to deal with that, that uh, trauma and that, that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, that's terrible, but they don't want to contemplate it. Or, or empathize for it in a, in a, in a deeper way because it's it's too difficult. It, it requires too much uh, emotional. It's exhausting, really. Um, and if you don't have anything to offer for it, then you're just you know essentially torturing yourself, right? You know, like leave that for someone else to deal with. Um, and that just doesn't fix issues. You know, I don't think that's why we're here at all. You know, if most people kind of just live their life for themselves, they live to as comfortable as possible and you know like just to, avoid they like to live life yeah. with their head buried yeah enjoy your sand. life you know you know yeah. live your best life today you know you know you know and I'm, there's nothing wrong with going on vacation and having a good time but but when i just i don't think that that is why we're here i don't think that that is why we're on this planet is just to simply you know live for ourselves i think that this is a place of rescue and i think that's what we're all called to in some form or another is to rescue those from suffering, from, you know, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person of faith. I'm a, I'm a Christian myself, and that happened when I was around, like, 19. And the biggest thing that changed in me when that took place was, you know, there's there's a verse where it says, if you do this unto others, you know, if you, uh, you know, when you give water to this person or you give, you know, you're doing it to me, right? When did I give water to you? When did I give, you know? And, uh, well, when you did it unto others, you're doing it to me. And when you didn't do it unto others, you didn't do it for me. And so I started to see people as image bearers of the creator, you know. And when you look at people with value, like, I was like, whoa, like, I'm actually seeing people now, the homeless person on the street, the person that is suffering. And you start to realize when you step out and you do that, oh, wow, this feels right. This feels like why, why we're here, you know. There's something that clicks. There's a, there's a. There's a, uh, you know, I get chills, you know, when you step out and you do something like that. And it, it could be as simple as, you know, giving. It could be as simple as, you know, just being there for someone. It's usually within hand's reach, whatever it is that you need to do or you can do, especially with this issue. If people have the foresight and the awareness to even just pay attention to the surroundings. I was just talking with a uh, young lady. She was trafficked her whole life until she was 20. And for four years, she was in the Houston area, you know, Astrodome. And no one had the foresight as a little girl to um, pick up on those cues, those, those social cues and, and the awareness. And, and she was around, she would, she would say, hundreds of thousands of people for that four-year period before she was then trafficked out of the country as a little kid until she was 20. And that's a big thing right there is just having the awareness, having the, having the uh, situational awareness, 
you know, and that that's for I guess that goes for you probably have situation situational awareness anywhere you go, right? I mean, it's it's degraded yeah. heavily. Yeah, since since you know, I'm yeah. five years removed, right? Um, yeah. but it had to, too, yeah. because it was it was also crushing my my bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, y- y- there's there's a couple things I want to unpack there. Um, well, one, Houston is one of the largest areas for, yeah. I, and, and the only reason I know that is because uh, Nick McKinley, who founded. Uh, a deliver fund. Um, yeah, I saw that. And, and one of his, his lead guys, a guy named Sal, who was a Navy vet, uh, works the, uh, the Houston area. Good, yeah. good people uh, mm-hmm. approaching or fighting it uh, from a different means to deny space, yeah. which yeah. Is, is beautifully, yeah. which is beautiful. It's like the CIA. Yeah. The whole purpose of the CIA is to win silent wars so that yeah. we never have to deploy those young 18 year old men. It's crazy what they do. It, it is. And they've been insane. kneecapped yeah. a bit. Um, there is. And, and I just always have faith in man, and I don't want to lose that. I, I always have faith that people are going to do the right thing. Yeah. But as I grow older and hopefully wiser, I've come to realize that the 99% and the 1% has nothing to do with wealth. The 1% is unique in that they will step up. Uh, like yeah. we said, the only necessary thing for the evil of tri- tri- uh, triumph of evil is for good men to stand by and do nothing. Yeah. But that goes to Isaiah 6, 8. Mm. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, yeah. who shall I send yeah. and whom will go for send us? Me. And I said, here am I, send me. Yeah. And the reason the Lord had Ooh. to ask that is that a very small majority, minority are the only ones that will demonstrate the moral courage to step up. It's David, man. Regardless yeah. of the consequences and do something about it. And if that small minority can inspire just one or two to join their ranks. It continues to grow until it, it picks up momentum. Mm. But I walked on, you know, this had to, this was, God, this had to be about a year ago now. We were in, uh, Will, what's the mall over here? Uh, Barton Creek. Barton Springs? Barton Creek Mall. Mm. And my wife and I come around the corner and there's this crowd and they're all watching something. And so I move through the crowd and these two guys are just like on the ground, like in fisticuffs. And everyone's watching. Everyone has their phone out. And I look at my wife, and I just walk up to the, to the two of them, and I yell, hey. And they both look up. And I'm like, are, you, are we good here? And the guys stopped. They separated, and they say, hey, guys, go your, go, go your separate ways. It's over. It's done. But not a single person. There had to be a crowd of probably 30, 40 people <coughs> stepped in to, to, to grab the guys and pull them apart. Yeah. Where's the courage? Yeah. Where's the moral courage? To yeah. do what's right. Yeah. It, but it's also... You, it takes you, faith. It takes faith, but it is frustrating. I know a lot of good guys that if the U.S. government contracted them coming out of the military and gave them carte blanche with law enforcement embedded with them, they would it would become a more personal Balanced. mission yeah. than going overseas during the global war on terrorism. This one would hit home. Yeah. And they would be relentless. But again, the American public, Mm-mm. if there was one raid where, where one, one, there was some collateral damage, oh God, we, it becomes a, a, you know, frontline pages and, yep. and then the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the weak yeah. blame those that are actually in the arena, uh, yeah. the, the arena, which yeah. is above you. But yeah. you know, there's also a concept called, uh, and it was popularized, I think, um, by a guy named uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Dave Grossman. 
who wrote on combat and on killing. He talked about sheepdog and sheep. Mm, yeah. And that the sheep gravitate towards the sheepdog when danger is close or they are needed. Mm. But the second they are not, the sheepdogs are shunned by mm. the, uh, the sheep. And I did start to see that. So I remember in 98 when I was in the Marines, uh, one, uh, U.S. confidence in the military was low. Uh, it was a Clinton administration, and we were viewed as degenerates, couldn't, you know, had no uh, capability outside of the military to do anything uh, rewarding towards uh, civilization. And, yeah, society looked down as a whole. Post-9-11, people are like, we love you guys. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, yeah, okay. I, I remember the last three years. Like, I see it for what it is, and I'm seeing it again, mm. is the public that wants yeah. nothing to do with the uh, military. And lo and behold, what's low again? The populace's confidence in the U.S. military, which yeah. is misplaced or confused with their lack of confidence in the administration. But yeah. um, what, walk me through. Where, where's the film now? What, what stages are you guys in? Yeah, so we are, We you know, we did shoot a, uh, a very powerful concept mm -hmm. trailer that just went viral in the last couple weeks um, on the internet. And... Um, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, where can I watch it? Where is it? But it hasn't been, you know, finished yet. So um, we're still. That's the kind of the process. I mean, what we're trying to do right now um, really flies in the face of not only the industry's agenda, but in the way that they get things done, which is usually all decided by a couple guys, you know, in a boardroom or you know, a guy in a suit with a. Bunch How's of that money. working out for him right now with the strike? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, what we're doing right now is we're, we're grassroots kind of campaigning and raising mm -hmm. so that we can actually uh, finish this and then have the profit control at the box office mm -hmm. to benefit these organizations that we're in, in uh, association partnership with. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. And, and not only that, but, um, you know, this film just that just came out really blew the lid off of what everyone else was saying in opposition to our mission. Our film is very different. It's very much... Uh, centered in kind of like a younger audience almost, mm -hmm. but it relates with both. And it is just in conceptually, tonally, it's a completely different film with a very similar mission. But with with that film coming out, it opened a lot of people's minds and put it at the forefront of people's minds. And um, what we plan to do is have at the end of the film, you know, because when Top Gun came out in the 80s, yeah. that skyrocketed the enlistment, you know, in the Navy. And yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And when backdraft came out, that same thing with firefighting. But those career paths, you know, have a very clear layout. You know, recruiters, yeah. and it's it's very much an, uh, uh, a situation you put yourself into, and a system kind of helps you get into that. When it comes to this, I talk to people that are really moved after Sound of Freedom, really moved, wanting to. What do I do? People don't know how to get involved, and at the end, the film doesn't show you where to give or where to go. Um, that's something we want to have very clearly stated at the end is these are the organizations that are having the most impact and effect in these different areas. Here's how you can give. And then these are the ways that you can actually get involved if you want to join that fight in a real way um, in person, you know. And then to have, working it out with these particular organizations, um, one of them's Answer International right out of Burleson, and they've rescued 10,000 kids mm. and raised 10,000 kids. Which is a kids. drop in the bucket. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. But, but it's, it's, they're doing but something. It's, yeah. It is, you know. Well, and, it, yeah, and in comparison to a lot of organizations, that's a big number. I mean, oh, that I is, yeah. It, it, so 
we just need yeah. more organizations. We, we, like need, we need more. Them to go national. Yeah, we need. Yeah. We need. I mean, you look at they, how 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 many trillions did they throw at COVID? <laughs> you know, and don't this don't issue get me started there yeah. on, on government spending. <laughs> Do you have a crowdfunding site? Yeah. What, so, what, can we pull up the crowd and yeah. we'll, let's leave it up? Yeah. Um, if you could walk Will on. Yeah, dreamfilm.us is dreamfilm.us. Yeah, that's the that's the site. Pretty simple. And we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Of course, yeah. we're, we're going to drop it uh, in uh, the all links. the transcripts and yeah. the articles. Yeah. Um, how close are you? Uh, we're kind of just at the start of the raise right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I have a lot of faith and a lot of confidence that we're going to have this uh, sh- shot and done by the end of the year. Sound of Freedom had yeah. to do something very similar, right? Yeah. They yeah. had to raise money? Yeah. What? Yeah. And so the industry is just... Yeah. Oh, they're they're... they're Getting flipped upside down, you know. So, does this impact you after this? After yeah. you do this, will this impact your? I, I don't want to say credibility, yeah. But will this impact your career in the industry? Are you? I'm sure. I'm assuming you're. You you know the the, the implications that you're going to piss off a lot of people. You already probably yeah. have. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, certainly. Certainly. So. Um, it definitely will. Um, I guess the difference is is so many people have already. You know. They're their laurel sitting on their laurels already and have their career set up. So they got something to lose, you know, and I don't have anything to lose. So, you know, um, I'm, uh, this could be, you know, potentially the last film we do, but, but it's the mission at hand right now and whatever it takes to get it done is what, what I'm, you know, called to do. And so I, I, I have faith that obviously it'll, it'll, uh, but yeah, I mean the industry in itself, I don't think we need that anymore to be honest. Um, especially with the with, with what uh, they're doing with Sound of Freedom and the project that came out right prior to that. I mean, people in the industry were calling up this particular studio that they released, Angel Studios, when this other film came out earlier this year, and they said, how did you get in the top three box office this weekend? You know, how much money did you spend on P&A? And they, spent, they said, we spent a million. Like, we've never, we've never... Which is nothing. Yeah, we've never, ever gotten in the top three of the weekend box office s- spending less than $10 million, you know? And this is a, this was a film also made by a first-time filmmaker that um, made twelve million dollars off of the budget of the film was like two hundred thousand dollars. It made twelve million like in a weekend, and so the the and that's not just uh, that particular studio. This is a way kind of people are you know because they're not telling the stories that people want to see you know, and so people you know I think have had enough and people want it like people are willing like hey I'll pay. I'll put some, you know, investment or some money in if, if, if we're going to be start telling stories that we actually want to watch on screen. Not, not like Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was forced to go yeah. see that. And let me yeah. just say, it was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. I mean, I, yeah, the I thing about, yet, but, yeah. with movies, yeah. as long as I got my like popcorn yeah. and my, my Diet Coke, yeah. I'm like, I'm good. Well, pay more attention to that. We'll cut that part just in case Ryan Gosling was going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Brian, <laughs> hey I, I'm a big Ryan Gosling yeah, fan. Me too. I, I get I love you know, We all have... Uh, Bad projects. Oh, that yeah. looks. Uh, yeah, you go down and you can also watch that. Be- the, beautifully yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, and then the the link on there. There's a message on there. There's some uh, external links, but yeah, and so essentially we are, um, you know, starting this 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 raise, and people can. That's the great part about it is if you believe in it, you can help us build it. You know, and be be proud of being part of a project that's not only um, something you get to see, but it's something you get to. Uh, you know, be a real, real supporter of. What well, be- beautiful, uh, 
videography. Yeah, appreciate it. And so the, the premise is... Um, the premise is uh, this young man has a, a little sister, and she is taken. She goes missing at a local small grounds motorcycle event. And three years later, she's still never to be found. And so he ends up having this dream that leads him and his you know blue-collar kind of friends into a uh, mission to uncover a child trafficking ring in their small town. And they, they find the, the well, building... Yeah, <laughs> they, they, it goes on. No, this is yeah. great. That is, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited yeah. to watch this process. You, 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 you're doing it right. Um, so if people go directly, yeah, to people go dreamfilm.us, they can yeah. make a donation as well. Yeah, they, is it is considered can. a donation? What is it considered? It's considered giving right giving. now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same thing. So yeah. All right. Well, I will go, and I will give as much as I can uh, for <laughs> right the time. Does, does the sound – oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's uh, – uh, so one, one other interesting little, little piece is a, actually a character from the film that not, not uh, directly in contact, but this man's ministry, he, they rescued 10,000 kids. Uh, one of their little girls was rescued 10 months ago, and she wouldn't speak, was mute, would not talk to anyone, and she um, – he actually had a dream that he went down and he met this little girl. That's part of their, their operation, and when he met her, that she would speak. And he left his anniversary trip to go see if this would take place. And it took place exactly like his dream. And this girl ended up becoming the face for their organization for the last seven months. And we got in contact with him about four weeks ago, miraculously. My brother um, somehow, and it was right at the same time, this little girl, they've never had it happen with 10,000. She was re-trafficked. And the people caring for her had their heads blown off. He showed us the pictures like blood. And there was even a Bible there. It was like blood all over the Bible. And so we actually got to hook him up with some of Tim Tebow's guys, special ops guys, and be on kind of the behind-the-scenes um, strategizing on how they're going to figure out how to re-rescue and locate where she's at. And it's amazing. It's like Mission Impossible stuff, the kind of technology they, they have to mm-hmm. try to track this stuff down. They ended up tracking her down. And it wasn't the cartel that they were worried about. It was this different cartel that was a little more... And so they ended up re-rescuing her on her 10th birthday like a week and a half ago. And this was a girl that had inspired a, a character towards the end of our film, you know, a year ago. And then we get to be a part of something that's never taken place, a re-trafficking and then a re-rescue. And the fact that we got in touch with him right as this was taking place was just, it was it was insane. And um, But it's just kind of been a process like that all along um, in these last couple months, and so I'm 100% confident that that we're on the right track, and we're gonna we're gonna see this thing through to the end. The fact that the cartels still exist, yeah. It it just to 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 just totally eliminate cartels. It's why because it's the right thing to to do. Yeah, yeah. They they, drugs trafficking. This is not a hard decision to make. No. And if it defies Mexico's sovereignty, oh well. Yeah. Oh well. You you let the problem uh, uh, perpetuate. Yeah. So you are complicit. There's consequences. In everything that that, that yeah. goes forward. And you know what? Mexico would keep their mouth uh, shut. Yeah. Uh, that's my when opinion. it comes to a kid. I don't think there's any question about that at all. No, I remember when. Uh, what God, what was the guy? The, the name of uh, the militant leader in Africa it was like Coney, I believe. Mm. And and I remember they took five hundred. Uh, schoolgirls hostage. You remember this in in Africa? I think um, I recall uh, Coney. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and and of course we we tried to through foreign internal defense and uh, 
is it by, with, and through is a term in the military, meaning we do it through the, the local forces there. Yeah. So we can't exactly conduct the raids. Right. But the fact that we just didn't deploy special operations to, 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 you know, rescue those little girls yeah. as quickly as possible. Uh, uh, it, it, it was, and we, I remember when this happened, I was still active duty. We're like, just send us yeah. like, we'll, we'll you don't need to tell us the purpose or the why behind this. Yeah. We've got daughters. Yeah. We get it. It's pretty We're gonna go. simple and straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And no, I know we, I, I, yeah, we can't be, we can't be everywhere yeah. and everyone's uh, first, you know, yeah. responders, but for some yeah. things when it comes to kids. Yeah. That and just, especially, you know, in, in the U S when people realize that our film focuses in the U S yes. in it, when you feel this daughter as your own, right. Um, it's something that hits you a little differently than if it's happening in a different country for when it comes to Americans. They start to realize, oh, this is happening right here, and it is happening within a couple. You know, the statistics show that within a couple mile radius, you got a, someone that's a perpetrator, a predator. And if you understand the, the the big market industry behind this, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if there's a drug addict. So why are we surprised that there's a pedophile or you know mm. a trafficker within such a amount of time when this is just as lucrative now, and if not becoming more lucrative? Um, it's the same evil behind all of it, you know. So. It is uh, something that we really want to focus and pull those people's heartstrings and show them. Yeah, yeah. When you touch the, someone's heart in that way first, it becomes an immediate. And then giving them, here's what you do. You know, not go buy another ticket, but <laughs> here's what you do. You know, here's how you can get involved right now. You know, and make an impact right now. And while you're in the theater, you know. Yeah, I know. With uh, with Nick McKinley, and he, Nick is just extremely intelligent. Very articulate, so he, he would say it better than I. But basically, to paraphrase, he, you know, that social media has just become a – it's been weaponized yeah. for, for human traffickers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is their, it is, their number one the, source. It's to the get number one thing. Yeah. 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 Responsibility. Yeah. And, and responsibility of the parents to make sure, uh, <laughs> in a sense, you're infringing yeah, because on it, your, 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 your kid's First Amendment rights to make sure you know what they're – That's yeah. the world they're living in. It's the yes. Culture is literally moved by story. It's moved by media. It's moved by – you know, and so that's my superpower. I only, you know, the biggest thing I could lend to that issue is, is, is my strength, which is storytelling. And so everyone has their, their calling in this fight. You know, with, with you, you might want to join an you know, operation of some sort. But, you know, everyone has uh, a, uh, a, a, something they could lend to this fight. You, know? you, you don't want me and my guys uh, <laughs> doing those raids because I can tell you the, uh, the outcome. And I'm not trying to play the tough guy. I'm, yeah. I'm tired of tough guys. Yeah. Usually the tough guys were the biggest cowards on the battlefield. Yeah. It's just I know my guys, and the way I described my guys, actually, I've taken this to from a former commanding officer, is like the most empathetic, loving fathers, sons, brothers, uh, husbands. But when they dial that empathy switch down, there is just a blackness that comes over them. Yeah. And it is uh, it is uh, not a sight to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel you there. It's needed. In some situations, it, it is it is needed. Where you know sometimes you got to let things get darker before yeah. you, you you take those uh, those measures. And I don't yeah. want to play the tough guy, and I'm not some right wing, yeah. uh, you know, nut job, uh, nut job. <laughs> it's when again, what what our problem with, and this is my in my humble opinion from the perspective and experiences of my life, yeah. is this country has lost all means of accountability. Yeah. In it starts with our leaders from if something went wrong. And I know we, we, anything we just, goes, we, we just, yeah. I don't want to say we celebrated. We, we honored the second uh, anniversary of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And uh, like P 
people try to put that on Biden. You know, there was two decades of decisions that led up to that. He was the man that had to deal with a bad circumstance where there were some very bad decisions on his part, unequivocally, unequivocally. And had he just stepped up and say, hey, listen, I'm the president, I'm the commander in chief, the buck stops with me. We lost 13 soldiers and this is on me. And here's what I'm going to do about it. Mm-hmm. And, and initiated a, uh, a review, a very thorough review, rather than taking one year to publish. Uh, it was actually a year and like a half to publish a 12-page uh, executive summary or after-action review from the White House on, on the withdrawal. Like 12 yeah. pages. Couldn't even get 13 pages yeah. for the 13 dead. Um, yeah. This, this, this just makes me sick. Um, I think the only thing to, that, you know, as, as we as people can do in our own lives is what's right in front of us, you know, because, you know, I don't know if we're going to eradicate this issue of a $150 billion industry, you know, mm-hmm. but one more kid, one more life, what, you know, what impact you make, even in, you know, the, where you're at and, and just your own, you know, vicinity is huge. And, you know, at the end, uh, you know, everyone's going to be held accountable. And I believe that, you know, people will face the consequences if, if they choose to cower away from this conversation. Everyone will, will definitely be, at the end of the day, I think, will be judged accordingly and justice will prevail. But, um, yeah, we're not, I, I don't think that we need to uh, do everything. You know, not, not everything's on one person, mm-hmm. you know, but even knowing that, okay, yeah, Power's corrupt. Our country, you know, Absolutely. corruption's everywhere. Okay, yeah. and I think that that's that's just a biblical <laughs> biblical uh, tale in and of itself. You know, but what we do that's is, is little becomes very big when we do it together. You know, one child at a time. Yeah, um, it, it's you know the exponential effect of when people just impact those around you, yeah. and then those people go on to impact the people around them. That's yeah. all we're asking. Yeah, amen. Um, amen. Well, Ben, I. I Thank you for coming to Austin. I, I commend you for what we're doing. This is, uh, yeah, I haven't done enough. Not even, not even close. That's that's another statement. I've done nothing, but to help tell the story and, and the power of storytelling is is everything. There, yeah. there should be a college degree in storing te- storytelling. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about history. Yeah, but um, we're gonna push out this this website, dreamfilm.us. Yeah, give, just give, guys. I'm, I'm going to go make a donation, uh, donation, but I'm going to go give uh, as much as I can because I believe in what you're doing and the story needs to be told. And part of this is educating people. Yeah. And not, not even educating. They do know it's a thing. Yeah. It's getting them to wake up and realize right. that you're, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right. Okay. Where else can people find you? Yeah, um, Instagram, you know. Instagram. Ben Pauling on Instagram. Dream movie official. Like, follow the film. Um, yeah. I think that's it right now. Dude. Powerful. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you, bro. Thank you for uh, following us. Again, for the listeners, please go to Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to this podcast or YouTube, which we we post all the videos at Men's Journal. Leave comments, leave reviews, like, dislike. That's how we we improve. We actually do read them. Again, Ben, thanks for joining us. You're a real one, man. Glad to be here. Thank you, brother.